What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. O-Z-Y. Ozzy. Ozzy Media Productions. Remember, this is just a football game, no matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy. John Lennon, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital dead on arrival. The death of a man who sang and played the guitar overshadows the news from Poland, Iran, and Washington tonight. John Lennon is dead. He's not dead. John Lennon can't be dead. <laughs> Mark David Chapman was a nobody until he was on every channel. It was December 8th, 1980, a chilly winter evening on Manhattan's Upper West Side. Chapman wore a fur hat, a silk scarf, and a black three-quarter length coat. He stood on the sidewalk, arms extended, holding a Charter Arms 38 caliber handgun. He squeezed the trigger, again and again. He fired five hollow-point bullets at his childhood hero, John Lennon. The assistant district attorney said Chapman committed a deliberate, premeditated execution of John Lennon in a cool, calm calculated manner. His attacker made no attempt to flee. He was arrested at the Dakota. Police say he is Mark David Chapman. The reports are that he starts reading this novel as the chaos erupts around him. So the police cars arrive. People point out this is the gunman right here. He's standing there reading this novel. It's bizarre. The strangeness of the act stood out to everyone at the time, from the police to the media to even Chapman himself. Years later, he described the scene in an interview with Larry King. And then afterwards, it was like the film strip broke. Took the catch in the rye out of my pocket. I paced. I tried to read it. I, I just couldn't wait, Larry, until those police got there. I was just devastated. The police put Chapman in the back seat of a patrol car. He gazed out the window and saw officers place a blood-soaked body into another car. There wasn't time to call an ambulance. John Lennon was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. The two police officers who drove Chapman from the scene turned to look back at the killer. Chapman smiled and said, 
I am the catcher in the rye. I'm Sean Braswell, and this is The Thread, a podcast from Aussie Media where we examine the interlocking lives and events of history. We turn back the clock, one story at a time, to reveal how various strands are woven together to create a historic figure, big idea, or an unthinkable tragedy. This season, we start with the death of rock star John Lennon, and over the course of five episodes, actually connect it back to communist leader Vladimir Lenin. Along the way, we meet some of the 20th century's greatest artists and writers. We explore how each of their stories hinge on the past and influence the future. People are trapped in history, and history is trapped in them. That's what the writer James Baldwin once said. Mark David Chapman may have pulled the trigger, but trapped in history, Lennon and his death are forever linked with the classic American novel in Chapman's possession that December day. The Catcher in the Rye. What on earth would make someone kill their own hero in cold blood? Why did Chapman pull the trigger? Trying to understand what motivated the guy, what took him there, why he spent three days in New York. Tim Riley is a professor of journalism at Emerson College, a music historian, and the author of Lennon, The Man, The Myth, The Music. And I've meditated on this for years. I, I don't feel like I've ever gotten a good understanding of what's going on there. Let's pick up the thread at the beginning. 1980 is a turbulent year for the United States. 52 American citizens are held hostage in Iran for over a year. The U.S. boycotts the Summer Olympic Games in Moscow. Back home, Ronald Reagan, a former actor and California governor, is elected president of the United States. The year's top film is The Empire Strikes Back, and a former Beatle, living in New York, records his first album in five years. Saturday, December 6th. Two days before the death of John Lennon, a heavyset man from Honolulu named Mark David Chapman arrives at LaGuardia Airport in New York. Chapman brings with him over $2,000 in cash, a handgun, and five hollow-point bullets. He takes a cab to the Dakota, a famous Gothic-style apartment building overlooking Central Park. Some of the world's most famous people called this home, including Gilda Radner, Leonard Bernstein, Lauren Bacall, and of course, John Lennon. Sunday, December 7th, Mark David Chapman spends all day outside the Dakota. It wasn't uncommon for people to wait at the entrance to the Dakota because many celebrities lived there. Lennon typically would sign a few autographs. Franz knew where he lived. But Chapman sees no sign of the rock star that day. In the evening, Chapman treats himself to an expensive dinner and an escort at his hotel. The escort happens to wear a green dress, just like the prostitute who visits Holden Caulfield, the main character in The Catcher in the Rye. Synchronicity, Chapman observes to himself. Monday, December 8th. Mark David Chapman wakes up at 9 a.m. Before leaving his hotel room, he sets out a strange assortment of personal items. A Bible, his passport, photos of himself, and a small Wizard of Oz poster. Chapman then turns to look into the mirror, brandishes his firearm, and proclaims, the catcher in the rye of my generation. I left the hotel room, bought a copy of The Catcher in the Rye, signed it to Holden Caulfield from Holden Caulfield, and wrote underneath that, this is my statement. 
Chapman stands once more by the door of the Dakota with the other regulars hoping to catch a glimpse of celebrity. He peruses his copy of Catcher as he waits. On page 197, he finds the line, It was a Monday in all, and pretty near Christmas, and all the stores were open. A Monday near Christmas. Synchronicity again. Today is the day. Chapman gets so engrossed in his book that he fails to notice a taxi pull up. A thin man in a tan jacket gets out and bounds through the Dakota gate. It's Lennon. Did you see him? The doorman says to Chapman. Stunned, Chapman responds, Guess I missed my chance. He checks out Lennon's daily habits, it's clear by now, because he's there when Lennon leaves in the morning of December 8th, and he's there when Lennon returns. Chapman sees John Lennon and Yoko Ono emerge from the Dakota en route to the recording studio. Chapman walks up to Lennon, his gun in his coat pocket, and... He asks Lennon for his autograph. A nearby photographer snaps a photo of the moment. Then Lennon gets into his limo and leaves. And we have a picture of him signing this kid's album cover of Double Fantasy. And he signs this album cover, and when he gets home that night, that same kid is waiting for him. Around 10.45 p.m., Lennon returns to the Dakota, and this time, Chapman does what he came to do. Chapman shoots Lennon from behind, and the bullets explode in his chest. The voice that touched millions is silenced in an instant. Chapman and Lennon are taken from the Dakota in their separate patrol cars. Can you imagine how Lennon feels dying in the back of this cop car? I, just, I have a hit album. I've just figured out how to do this life. I'm finally doing it on my own terms, and somebody guns me down. So what brought Lennon to his death at the doorstep of the Dakota that night? Let's rewind. Lennon was one of the most famous people on the planet. Back in 1965, that fame was taking a hard toll, especially on his first marriage to Cynthia and their young son, Julian. There are periods where the only thing that is going well in Lennon's life are the, the, the kinds of songs that are tumbling out of him. It's kind of unbelievable to see what's going on in his life, failing marriage, failing as a father, feeling guilty, having lots of affairs, taking lots of drugs, really not a happy person, and yet turning out some incredible songs. But then it got to be format. This is Lennon reflecting on this period in his life in an interview with RKO Radio, only hours before his death. It would be his last. And sort of not the pleasure that it was, and that's when I felt that I'd lost myself. Not that I was on purpose, purposely being a hypocrite or a phony. Phony. It's a word strewn throughout The Catcher in the Rye. The main character hates phonies, the hypocrites and fakes that he sees everywhere. Little did Lennon know that being labeled a phony would get him killed. But more on that later. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. 
And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to 
bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. John and Yoko get married and move to New York in 1971. The first few years of their marriage were rough. Lennon battled depression, drug addiction, and other demons. In 1975, Lennon decided to take a break from music to focus on raising his new son, Sean. Lennon forged a life for himself outside of celebrity, and he felt free in the streets of New York. He feels like New York has a different attitude towards celebrities. He feels as though he's able to walk the streets without being accosted and without drawing a crowd. New Yorkers always consider themselves way too cool to be starstruck. Do you want to know how great that is? I mean, people come up and ask for autograph or say hi, but they won't bug you. By 1980, after five years as a stay-at-home dad, Lennon was ready for his comeback. The world closely followed his return to the recording studio. It was a very fruitful period. Songs poured out of Lennon about fatherhood, redemption, and his new stage of life. He released the album Double Fantasy with Yoko in November. The album had just reached number one in the UK the week he died. Up next, why Catcher? Why did a book like that speak so much to someone like Chapman? We'll be back in a moment. While Lennon's life was coming together, Mark David Chapman's life was falling apart. As a teenager in Georgia, he went from being a burned-out druggie to an obsessively devout Christian. He often heard voices. He was a loner, a quiet-type person, maybe a little bit of instability there, so I could, I could conceive how it could happen, you know. Chapman moved to Hawaii in 1976, where he planned to end his life with what he called a last fling in paradise. He attempted suicide and failed. Chapman was later diagnosed with a variety of psychological disorders, from schizophrenia to narcissistic personality disorder. There was never any consensus. Chapman rediscovered a book from his childhood, The Catcher in the Rye, at a local library in Hawaii. Month after month, he poured through its pages. Chapman would explain later, I actually became Holden Caulfield in my own mind as a way of coping. By the way, in case you haven't read it, The Catcher in the Rye is about a teenager, Holden Caulfield, coping with the death of his brother and the few days he spends in New York before checking himself into a sanitarium. Holden fantasizes about catching children who are running through a field of rye before they fall off a cliff, saving their lives. Mark David Chapman's fantasy was much different. On one fateful day in early 1980, Chapman picked up another book at the library a recent Lennon biography called One Day at a Time by Andrew Fawcett. Inside, there was a photo of the rock star on the roof of the Dakota. Chapman again, in his interview with Larry King. Remember, I'm in a different state of mind, and I'm, and I'm falling in on myself. I'm angry at seeing him on the Dakota. And I say to myself, that phony, that bastard... Chapman heard the hypocrisy in his heroes singing Imagine No Possessions while he lived a charmed life on New York's Upper West Side. He got angrier and even more delusional. One day, as he was sitting cross-legged on the carpet of his Honolulu apartment, listening to the Beatles, 
he had a disturbing epiphany. Holden Caulfield fantasized about killing a phony in The Catcher in the Rye, but Chapman was determined to do better. He bought a gun, and after that, Chapman later explained, there was no power on earth that would have saved John Lennon's life. Holden Caulfield, the main character in The Catcher in the Rye, has violent fantasies of killing phonies. Like this one passage, where Holden wanders through the halls of his little sister's elementary school, and he sees a graffitied f*** you scrolled across the wall. I kept wanting to kill whoever had written it. I figured it was some perverty bum that sneaked into the school late at night to take a leak or something, and then wrote it on the wall. I kept picturing myself catching him at it, and how I'd smash his head on the stone steps till he was good and goddamn dead and bloody. After Lennon's murder, Catcher in the Rye kept turning up at crime scenes. A copy was found in John Hinckley Jr.'s hotel room after he attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan. And in 1989, Robert John Bardo had a copy of it on him when he murdered the actress Rebecca Schaefer. This is Ken Slowensky, author of J.D. Salinger, A Life. So the Catcher in the Rye did, throughout the 80s, become the symbol of not just only disaffected youth, which is what it had been uh, for years before that, but of crazy disaffected youth. Lennon himself would have been perplexed by the connection between his death and the Catcher in the Rye, says Tim Riley. He was a big reader of Salinger, Catcher in the Rye. He loved that book. We have it on record that he gobbled it down and that he really loved it. And Riley claims it helped ignite the era of Beatlemania. John Lennon and his crowd, they were avid rock and roll fans, but they also saw these other sparks of subversive energy in other areas of pop culture. And, you know, it can't be any accident that Salinger is writing that in his character for Catcher in the Rye uh, at the same time that rock and roll begins to explode. And you can see why, oh yeah, Lennon would definitely respond to that book and that character. Holden Caulfield is... Uh, in, in a lot of ways, he's like a mentor to John Lennon. Our series begins at the end of a long timeline, at the gates of the Dakota. I'm prepared for death because I don't believe in it. I think it's just getting out of one car and getting into another. Lennon famously said this in a 1969 interview. And in a way, this is how our thread works. People get in and out of cars travel briefly in each other's lives, and the consequences echo throughout history. We trace our thread backwards, through the blood-soaked beaches in Normandy, and the streets of revolution in Russia, through grimy backroom bars and glamorous nightclubs. Join us as we travel through nearly a century of history and find out how it all connects. Next episode, we pick up the thread with J.D. Salinger. If the Catcher in the Rye resonates with people in dark psychological places, it's probably because the novel and its author passed through hell itself on the way to publication. The Thread is produced by Meredith Hotnut, Libby Coleman, and me, Sean Braswell. Our editors are Carlos Watson and Samir Rao. Meredith Hotnut engineered our show with mixing and sound design from James Rowlands and Chris Hoff. Special thanks to Cindy Carpian, David Boyer, Tracy Moran, Sean Culligan, Daisy Carrington, Sanjeev Tandon, Jeremy Williams, Cameo George, Tim Olson, Ethan Lindsay, and KALW. Check us out at Ozzy.com. That's O-Z-Y.com. Or on Twitter and Facebook. 
To learn more about The Thread, visit ozzy.com slash the thread. All one word. And make sure to subscribe to The Thread on Apple Podcasts. If you love surprising, engaging stories from history, like this one, look no further than the flashback section of Ozzy. Thanks for listening. Notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story. One passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am... The Ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge this season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.